Today's guest is my friend Jenna. Jenna is a special person to me because we immediately had a kindred spirit when we were connected in Coach Jenny, who you may have heard on a previous episode. We were connected in her group coaching program, and it seems Jenna and I's lives always have turns happening at the same time, and we often find ourselves on similar mindset tracks. We've become really good accountability buddies, and she is just a great, inspiring joy to have in my life. I think you'll enjoy the conversations that Jenna and I have, everything from motherhood to running for local boards and talking about what it's like being on the farm. Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wolf. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. Jenna, thank you so much for joining me. You and I have some of the best thought-provoking conversations, so I am delighted that you have decided to join me for the first season of Slightly Unfiltered, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're doing this. You know how much I love your wit. Um, I just love that the whole slightly unfiltered is so you and it makes me feel like I can be more me. So I love, I love that you're doing this and I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you. It's a love fest. I love love, man. (laughs) Love love. (laughs) Jenna, I thought you were perfect to be a guest for slightly unfiltered because you, you are what I see as a shift master you have this amazing ability to shift both your business and whatever adventure you're on based on what's happening in your life. And I just think that's freaking awesome. So I, I feel like I'm in a, in a Harry Potter here where I'm like, <laughs> like, I have special powers. You do. You do. I love watching you, especially on Facebook, because you have gone you were in a completely different place when you and I met a few years ago. You were running a a very successful uh, direct sales team. You were Mm -hmm. one of the top sellers. You had a business training other direct sellers. And you have made a completely different shift. You've since closed down that business. You've done other types of coaching. And I just think you're a fucking badass. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, and I think, you know, it goes into, and I think a lot of times women feel like they need, I know I've felt this way, like you need permission to change your season of who you are, even though your life is changing and evolving. It's like, oh, I need this permission slip from the world saying that it's okay for me to start doing something else. Um, and, you know, very clearly for me about a year and a half ago, it became clear, like, wait, there's more that I want to do with my life than what I'm doing. And that's okay. You know, and I think for a lot of women, um, that can be really hard. So I appreciate that, that comment. I, re- I want to get, you need to make slightly unfiltered, like seals of approval. Like Jenna is a, <laughs> is Jenna, a badass. Jenna um, is a badass. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that that's, you know, definitely giving myself that permission slip a couple of years ago to say, wait a second, I love advocating for education. 
I love advocating for women and there's other ways that I can do that. It doesn't only have to be the way that I've done it for the past, say, five years or whatever. And um, I think a lot of, a lot of times women just need to see other women doing that to say, no, wait a second, I can, I can do that too. Yeah. Cause you did something pretty freaking risky this, this last year and you ran for the local school board. Yeah. What what was that? What was that like? Well, I I guess for a while, um, like I said, I've, I've been an advocate for education for quite some time. I feel education is really an outlet for freedom for both sexes, men and women. Um, but I, the direct sales company I worked with was very much advocating for women's education. And I felt like, you know what, there is something that I, I felt I wanted to do more just in my everyday life, of edu- like something that was affecting me, my family, my community. Um, and I don't even know how to run for school board. I was just like, I'm going to go to a couple school board meetings, listen, learn a little bit, ask some questions. Uh, and then I went to vote and there was a vacancy. It said there was opening for a write-in um, person. And so there I am in my little township. And I'm like, I want to write my name in. Snapped a picture of myself, put it on Facebook. And 15 votes later, I'm a member of a school board. Yes. Have you <laughs> so, ever ran for any kind of office or anything like that before? Um, I've never run for a local office. I actually, when I first... Um, was in college. I, I was a member of like a township. I worked for a township. I didn't, I wasn't sitting on the board or anything like that, but I worked in a township and I got to see kind of how local government works and all the interconnections to people. And, um, it, you know, government civics has always interests me. I, I definitely will say I was not someone who thought that that was the path I was going to go, but I was always interested in how you could have a voice and, really help support a community with at the local level um and so so yeah I never ran before but now uh I definitely see all the all the areas that I'd love to see more women just say like hey I I have something to say I believe in this and I want answers um I think local government is is your greatest access to change uh for a community yeah, I love that. There's actually a woman who ran for the school board here. And I love that the reason why she, it lists in there, like, why do you feel you're qualified to be part of the board? She actually lists, I'm a mom of three children in the school system. Right. And I was right, like, right. what, what else, what better, what what better, better qualifications oh, well, do you need than to be part of the system? You right, know, so right. you're, you're actually feeling it. And I think it's, amazing that more and more women are starting to run for these local offices right because they're the ones who have been impacted and they're the ones that have experienced it they're not sitting in some corporation you know or some business they're down in the trenches dealing with the everyday issues right right and I you know I definitely will say like you know once I got on the school board there were things that I knew were a part of that government of going to meetings and voting on topics, right? But then there becomes this whole other education, I think, that became interesting to me was all the things from the state level of what actually a school board member, what it means to be a school board member. Uh, And so I think that's where, you know, being a mom myself in a small rural community with two teenagers, trying to understand how the system works for them, what better person to be there asking questions when 
someone is voting on something, you know? And so I, I do really think that there needs to be moms and dads um, who have kids that are in the system that is being discussed and voted on uh, as a part of, of that local government making the decisions. So, and now more than ever in, in the yeah. state of things that we're, that we're in today. Yeah. What's it like being a school board member for the first time during a pandemic? <laughs> well, there's definitely been some jokes around our, our dinner table with my spouse and I, like once we realized like, oh, wow, like this is, this is not what I perceived. How could anyone even know that a pandemic was going to happen and how that was going to affect our school system? But it, I, like you're saying, I feel like I've brought to the table a, another perspective. I have two kids who were told that they were going to be online schooled for the last part of last year. Um, I'm a part of the discussions when I'm asking teachers how they feel about going back to school for the year. Um, so be, it's a very unique perspective that I have now. Um, and I, I just really think that that's something I want to encourage other women that if you're, if you're feeling like you don't understand something within your school district or even your township or your borough or whatever your local government is, um, I would say first go and ask the questions. <laughs> I love my school board members. They put up with me so much. I like, I'm always like, okay, I don't understand what that is. Can you explain it? Um, but then don't be afraid to also um, show your intelligence. My background is in um, advocating for education. I've seen education in other countries. Um, I'm a product of a, a gr my grandfather was an orphan after the, the 1918 flu and he went through um, his biggest thing was education. Make sure you're educated. It'll be your way to freedoms. Um, and so I have a unique perspective. So I really hope that women will also not hide their intelligence. Don't let the fear of this status of sitting on a board or someone voting for you um, discredit what your actual credentials are because a lot of us have things that uh, not every day would we say that that is part of our resume, but it truly is. Yeah. You know, I totally agree. I think women have a tendency to feel like they aren't experienced enough because so, I know that I have felt this way. Like it never, before this year, it honestly never dawned on me, oh, I should go sit on the board. I've never, right. I'm one of those moms, I've, I've never even attended a PTA meeting. I mean, I read the right. notes and I participate in the surveys and I donate my funds right, right. and all that kind of thing. But I always kind of figured I don't have enough background in that. I, I, I don't have enough to contribute. So right, I love right. hearing that yeah. I'm actually like, one of the people that should be contributing. Oh yeah, totally. And I think that that's one of the reasons too, like when I decided to, to write my name in, like actually the biggest thing for me was I felt as a, a community member, as a taxpayer, um, as a mother, I didn't know enough about what was happening in that realm, but I knew enough to know that I had at least an opinion or a perspective that wasn't being seen or heard. At least that's how I felt. And yeah. so I think that that's important um, for you to think about um, you know, as a woman, you have a unique perspective and whether you run for the board or you just go and sit on the board. And I remember going to the first board meeting and being like everything they brought up. I was like, wait a second, I have a question about that. Can we <laughs> hold on one second? Can you tell me what that means? Um, and, uh, I think if you are a naturally inquisitive person, you'll make a great person to be a part of any type of local government because you're at least understanding that 
you need to know what the community, you know, what you're, what you're voting on. Um, and so, so yeah, it's been definitely interesting becoming a part of a school board during a pandemic. Um, but I also find it very rewarding because I feel like I'm seeing the best of people come out because we really want to do what's best um, for, for everyone involved. Has there been any kind of shift? Because you're, you're a very creative person. You, I've seen you make aprons and I've seen, and you have these amazing videos on how you use your planner and, and they're color coded and, and all this thing. How has that translated into, into both sides of your world of, of sitting on a board, which is very official and very, you know, you've got decisions to make. And and then there's this other creative side of you. It's almost like a whole nother world. How have you kind of joined them together? It totally is another world. I mean, you know, sitting on the school board, it's not a paid position. So obviously in the state of things, you have to learn. Um, I had to adjust from going from having a business that was bringing nice chunk of money in every month to how am I going to um, supplement that. So my creativity has always been where I, I lean to the most working with my hands, um, whether it be sewing, crafting, whatever. And really the transition there was our farm. Uh, my husband and I have lived on this farm. It's his grandfather's dairy farm. And the biggest thing with small farms, small rural farms is we're not a corporate farm. Um, you know, you're not good. We're not going to bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and so those are a lot of small family farms are going away. And we really felt for a very long time, we wanted to try to find something that was going to kind of change what the legacy of the family farm is. Like my kids are not out in overalls, out in fields, like, and I'm definitely not um, the epitome of a farmer's wife. Like my husband would never see me shoveling anything of that nature. So um, it really became down to like, how are we taking this farm and keeping it in our family, but yet making money from it. And so we started, um, a glamping site here on our our farm about two years ago. And with the transition of people not being able to go on vacations and things like that, our, our campsite has become like one of the prime sites because it's socially distanced and you can enjoy your family and some hikes. And really my creativity has come out in that of just thinking of other ways. How can we showcase just the heritage of our farm because it's both indigenous and um, we have uh, pencil well Dutch roots as well. So kind of showing that um, and that has been lucrative in that regard of looking, how can we be creative about what you would think a family farm looks like? I think there's this, there's this huge shift where people have to start getting more creative Oh, totally. with, with what they have. Mm-hmm. So like, what what can these creators do? What what was it in you that kind that you were kind of like I've got to do something else? Well, I would say made. I would say there was definitely this like oh f moment um, <laughs> at first for for like because at the start of twenty twenty and I think I'll probably for many creators, um, creative people, entrepreneurs, like all of us had a plan of what twenty twenty was going to look like. And then all of a sudden, 2020 was not anything what it was going to look like. Um, so there was definitely an O, F, this. Um, you can say fuck. <laughs> no. um, but there was definitely a, a, a moment that we were like, 
gosh, this, this isn't exactly what we thought was going to happen. One with regards of our, our campsite became booked almost immediately. My husband works a full-time job. I had these other, you know, obviously school board um, commitments as well as all these other things going on, teaching my children for the first time ever, right? Um, and so there was definitely this moment of how do we shift this to make it that it is manageable, but also, um, you know, how can we capitalize on it? And I think that's really where for, for creators right now, I think it's looking at what are, what is happening? Where do you see that there is this lucrative place? Because who would have thought that, you know, clear uh, shower curtains were going to be the, the top sold item, you know, this year. Um, see where there is some type of, of push for something. And then where do you fit into that? And um, it really came down to what are the things that I can connect with our campsite that myself, my kids, that we know how to do. And so that's really what I would say for a creator right now is like, if you need to shift, if you're, if you're noticing that things aren't working the way they are, um, what are the other, other resources? All of us have skills. Yeah. Pull one, pull one out of the closet, you know? I think the last few months have been eye-opening for so many people in those skills that they've been hiding in. Yeah. I've seen some amazing businesses birthed in the last couple months. Totally. Because people have had to tap into additional resources. How am I going to make some money? Right. Oh yeah. I know how to fill in the blank. Yeah. And I think that's where taking it as far as like, I know how to, and then that's where for you and I, who've been a part of this online world for quite some time, um, there's a lot of people who haven't, um, you know, learned how to use different resources online to promote whether it's a craft to a service. Uh, And so um, that's the one thing that I've been helping my father with, with his art gallery. You know, he had art classes happening regularly at his gallery. Now that's cut in half or if it's shut down, not at all. How do you transfer that, that he knows how to do beautifully to an online version that is most definitely going to be a part of our life more and more. Um, so I think, you know, learning, learning how to transition your creativity to how can you learn technology, but also pull out some of those skills that you've been hiding in the closet for a while and throw them out there and, and see what sticks. Yeah, I think right now it's definitely, it, it's a huge playground for creatives and creators right totally. now. Totally. Yeah, I think there's so much opportunity. At, you know, I would even say probably mid-June, I started taking a look around what was happening online. All these new mm-hmm. people were starting to pop up. And I, I had mm-hmm. a moment of panic, like, oh, crap, I'm out of the loop. I'm not going to be able to keep up with all these new right. people. And, but you right. just made a really good point of the, of the people like us who have been around for a while. We actually yeah. have something that we can still bring to the table. Oh, you know, totally. we, we totally. can still bring our expertise of, you know, hey, we were online five and six years ago. Right. Easily. Right. That's I what we learned back then. There's so many resources. Like I even see this, like to take it this into the whole, you know, sitting on the school board, you know, every segment of business right now what whether it's local government to your your own business technology is is going to be a part of it and we just recently were wanting to talk more PR with our school district so people who didn't know how to use like zoom and you know how to record video and how do you make like little like 
slide videos to advertise something, you know, all of that is now becoming needed. And so if you have the skills there of doing that, then you have something to offer, um, whether it be that you're going to run for local government or if it's that you're trying to supplement your income <laughs> because there's people who I think we assume that it, what we know, everyone knows. And that's, that's really not the case. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm learning that too, man. That's the truth right there. Let's, I just want to shift back just for a moment about being a woman in the state of everything right now, because you brought up, you're you're learning how to teach your kids at home for the first time. We're, we're shifting. We, all of these different sets of responsibilities Mm -hmm. have shifted into being a woman. And I'll tell you, every time you post your campsite, I picture myself sitting there alone with a cup of coffee as the sun rises with, with a journal, no children. no children. I don't even want my phone. Like it right. just looks right. so peaceful and so calming. Yeah. Like how can we, as women, moms, wives, partners, how can we reconnect with ourselves right now when everything seems so uncertain? I think it really is finding, finding that time to be by yourself, um, whether it's sitting at a campsite or it's that you wake up earlier and be without your children for a couple hours and your spouse. Like I, I think I was raised by my grandparents. Um, like I said, they were, they were both depression era young people. They were in their, in their early twenties, um, and teens when the depression happened. And I think back to my grandmother, she purposely would wake up early to be without all of us. Um, And I do think that that is a trait of someone who um, experiences this not being able to plan long-term and Mm -hmm. having to plan for the day. Um, I really do see more of a shift of like this long-term goal planning. I'm, you know, a big planner, you know, goal setting person. Um, And I love the thought of dreaming about five years in the future. Um, but for the day to day, I think it's so important for, especially for women now that you now have, you know, how am I doing online schooling? Is my husband, is his job being shifted and only is he home like three days out of the week now? You know, like, how do you manage all these extra things that now are interrupting your life? Um, and I, I do think it's finding that time to just say to everybody else, this is, you're not on my schedule right now. Um, and that's hard. Believe me, I go down to my kids and I'm like, you know, I love if you guys could keep a schedule and they're like, well, mom, you just make the schedule. That does not work. I don't know any mom. Please tell me if you figured this out, (laughs) I'll give you my phone number. You can call, um, to have like your own schedule. But I do think it's finding those moments, whether it's that you say to everybody like, Hey, I'm going with the girls for a weekend away to a campsite. We're going to drink wine. Mom's phone is going to be on do not disturb. And, or it's just like, I get up in the morning and I have those couple moments to yourself. Yeah. Where you sit on your front porch swing or you, you know, go and listen to a podcast, whatever it is. I think it's important because that is definitely something I would say my grandmother, she kept that throughout her whole life. You know, well, hopefully I, people will start tuning in to this podcast and this can be yeah. their 30 minute escape every morning. Completely. Completely. I think that it is important to just have that escape, some type of escapism. Cause right now 
we don't have a whole lot of um, healthy escapism. Do you yeah. get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're all home together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time right now. All the time. <laughs> Well, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, yes. I'm nervous, <laughs> Desiree, but <I'll> go. <laughs> okay, come on. I promise. Only because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> okay, question number one. Who is someone either in your life or even a celebrity that you admire? Oh, my goodness. It would, that would have to be, like I talked about my grandparents, both my, my, my grandparents, I would say, I think now more than ever, I realize that I am blessed as a 30 something to have had grandparents at the age that they were to have experienced the things that we are experiencing right now. And I can remember them telling stories about it. I love it. Like I'm, I wish more people had someone people that are our age would um, have had those stories. I think we would have a, a very different outlook of things. Love it. What's one thing that really pisses you off? <laughs> when my husband decides that I'm his secretary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> on my list too. I and love my husband, don't get me wrong, but like there's moments where I'm like, wait a second, can you reword that? Yeah. I'll call I, them for you, but reword how you I have it. a folder on my desk that's just <laughs> for him of his stuff that I have to get taken yeah, yeah. care of. Yeah, What's yeah. your favorite swear word? Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> saying, yeah. If that's the one share... I had to keep the kids from saying when they were little. So. <laughs> if you could share one piece of advice for the women listening, what would that piece of advice be? Believe in your intelligence. I think that um, so often we discredit our smarts as women. Um, believe that you're you're smarter than the average bear. <laughs> like I just I think that so often we discredit ourselves when you see that um, you know on a on an application for a job, men will go and apply for it 100 percent of the time, even if they're not 100 percent qualified. But women will, they'll wait until it says, they say they have 100% of the qualifications to apply for it. And you don't need all those qualifications. You learn as you go. Oh, yay. I love it. Complete this sentence. Being slightly unfiltered means to me. Means really living your truth. I, I think, again, it's like, a, it kind of goes back to the very beginning. You don't need a permission slip to be yourself, to change, to evolve you're given that permission slip at birth, you know? Awesome. So. Jenna, this has been such a good conversation. I could have you back like every other episode. I would I, love it. I love this. <laughs> I love, I love that this is really giving women the opportunity to be that version of themselves um, that a lot of people don't get to see or get to express. Um, so well, you're doing a great job, girlfriend. I love it. Thank you. Much love to you. Where can people find you online? You can find us at the thunderbirdfarm.com. That's um, where you'll find everything with me as well as everything going on at our farm. And then on Instagram at thunderbirdfarmpa as we're in the lovely state of Pennsylvania. And that's where you'll find 
everything from pictures of our campsite to my anxiety planning to, <laughs> to uh, pictures of our COVID puppy, who is my new teenage child who doesn't like to listen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna. This has been such Thank a delight. You. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches. 